Hey, what's up and welcome back storytellers. Whether you are a longtime listener or this is your first time listening in, I am so happy you've tuned in. To keep up with all things 88 Cups of Tea, make sure to follow us on Instagram at 88 Cups of Tea. We love posting Instagram stories announcing new podcast episodes and featured articles and favorite quotes from recent episodes. And my favorite part about Instagram is that we have Instagram story takeovers from some of your favorite authors. And if you haven't had the chance to do so yet, I have a quick favor to ask. If you are enjoying our show, but you haven't yet hit the subscribe button and submitted a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, please take a moment to do so. Not only do I love reading your reviews, this community is truly something so special and your reviews give new listeners a glimpse of what it's like to be a part of 88 Cups of Tea. And the other upside is that the more ratings and reviews that we get, I hear that it'll help with the algorithm to allow new listeners to find us and join our community and ultimately feel less alone in their creative journeys. Thank you, thank you, thank you to each and every one of you who already took the time out of your day to leave a rating and a review and click that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. Now on to today's episode. I am super excited to have Juliet Kim on the show with us today. Juliet is a creative director based in South Korea. She graduated from Rhode Island School of Design, and in 2017, she established her own creative agency called Studio Juliet, an internationally operating creative agency which specializes in brand identity and packaging design. All right, so take a quick moment and have a look at your podcast player and check out the logo. Have you noticed our brand new logo? Juliet is the one who helped us create a completely new look, and I absolutely love how it turned out. She did a brilliant job capturing 88 Cups of Tea's personality and what our community represents. In our conversation, we talk about how she discovered her love for storytelling through design and art and how that inspired her to attend Rhode Island School of Design. She shares what it was like as a founder of her own design studio and how important it was to lean on her support system throughout the process. Further in, we dive into what brought us together to design 88 Cups of Tea's new logo and brand identity. We reflect on the behind the scenes process, the kind of work that went into it, and how we work together to create a logo that perfectly highlights 88 Cups of Tea's uplifting values of community, playfulness, and encouragement. We talk about the hidden messages and meaning inside the logo that you might not catch at first glance. And later, Juliet shares what she hopes people will feel when they see our new logo. This is a super fun episode and it's going to feel like you're just sitting in, eavesdropping on our conversation, reflecting back about the entire process. So I'm super excited for you to start listening. So let's jump right in. Hello. Hi. Hi, Yin. <laughs> Hi, Juliet. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm so excited to have you on. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited, too. It's my first time being in a podcast. Oh, what an honor for us. Oh, it's my honor. Yeah. Juliet, everyone is so excited to hear from you because they've been loving the new look. You tell stories through your artwork. So when was the first time do you remember that you realized you loved doing this? I've always loved making something and painting as a child, but I've actually never thought about becoming an artist until I actually went to art school for university. And oh, it's a very interesting story because I've always wanted to study language 
And I thought art is for some other people who are more talented than me because I was looking at other people's like projects and I thought they're so good and they're so much better than me. But now when I think about it, it's because they're actually working professionals and I was a child. I realized that it's not about like whether I'm the best or whether I'm better than everyone else. I realized that I really love doing what I'm doing. And when I noticed that there are other people who like what I'm doing, that's when I decided to pursue this path. Oh, I love what you said where, you know, when you were younger, you thought that you weren't good enough, but then you realized later on that's because you were comparing yourself to the masters who are already working and already trained. And that is such a good point you brought up because there's so many people in our community of writers who do the same thing. They compare themselves and think, oh, I'm not good enough of a writer, but they're comparing themselves to someone who published like over 20 books. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, if you start training, you start practicing, you will get there eventually for sure, just with practice, you know? But also I do believe like with artistry, like especially yours, some people are born with a specific gift. Then there's also intuition. And I think that you have a really strong knack for intuition with colors. Oh my gosh, you are so (laughs) talented. And like, I have never seen such amazing color pairings. Before we get into the details about the design, I would love for you to take us back. Like, where were you born? And I know that you went to school in RISD, Rhode Island School of Design. Before that, where were you living? Uh, I was born in Seoul, South Korea. But I've moved around as a child a lot, and I actually spent most of my childhood here, but most of my teenage year, I spent it in Indonesia because of my family business. My whole family moved to Indonesia in 2009. We lived there until 2014, and my dad still lives there. He comes back and forth. I started to love actually doing art in Indonesia because in Korea... I think it might have changed now, but back when I was a student, people encouraged students to study languages, math, mathematics, Mm -hmm. and science, things like that. I was kind of getting that push from my own family. Oh, you should become a teacher because a lot of my family members are teachers. So yeah, I was just thinking that I will also become a teacher. But when I went to Indonesia, Indonesia has a really rich artistic culture. And when I saw how other people are actually working as artists there, I can see actually better than in Korea Mm. because there's like people on the street who are actually just selling art on canvases or even like animal skins. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I also could study art more there because I went to international school in Indonesia and they actually focused more on this kind of art subjects in the same way as they focus on other subjects in Korea. Oh, wow. So in Korea, actually, it was more like a theoretical, much more academic focus when it comes to artistic subjects. Mm -hmm. I could see that. Yeah. So actually, I could start painting and make my own paintings and illustrations in Indonesia, in the school I went to. And I learned that, oh, I should go to art school for university How about your parents with the arts, you know, knowing that you got more into developing your artwork and your artistry in international school in Indonesia, did your parents see that and were they encouraging of it? Oh, I think I was pretty lucky 
when it comes to like parents because they were always encouraging. Like even now, because I started my own graphic design studio two years ago, and I hear a lot from my friends that it's not something parents would encourage for like a fresh graduate mm. from university, and they always kind of say, "Oh, you should work in a company, like not start your own thing. What if you mm. fail or something like that?" Right? So they were always encouraging, and they said, "Oh, you should." decide on your own. I'm sure you can find your own way. <laughs> what my dad always tells me is that he always wanted to become an artist, but he also faced the same problem, especially for men, like in his age. People were like, oh, you shouldn't become an artist. You're going to starve. And you can't have a family like that. You need to make money, you know, this kind of ideas. So he said he actually had to give up on his dream of becoming an, a painter. I think that's why he kind of encouraged me. What's funny and cute is that he's actually now studying art too, as a side. And he's having um, like a group exhibition this weekend and next weekend. And he's like doing watercolor paintings. And I think it's really cute to see as a daughter. Oh my God, congratulations to you and your dad. He's so awesome. Thank you. So he's always been so supportive of you then, right? Yeah, when it comes to art, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that is so sweet. Okay, okay. I love getting to know that. And how about your mom? Was she supportive as well or more strict? I think she was more strict. But I remember she always told me, if you want to be a teacher, become an art teacher. Because it's like, from her perspective, that was her only job. Oh, she was. she's an English teacher, by the way. Oh, wow. Uh, so she sees other teachers and she she said to me our teacher seems to be the most fun oh <laughs> i love your mom yeah. that is so awesome all right thank you so much for sharing that and giving us more behind the scenes about your family life i love hearing that i would love to know just about schooling now you went to college in rhode island school of design how did you know about this school because you applied when you were in international school while you were in Indonesia, I'm guessing. Yes. Rhode Island School of Design is very prestigious. It is one of the hardest, most difficult schools, most respected art schools to get into. I remember this because when I was in high school, the classmates who were top in art classes, they were all trying to get into Rhode Island School of Design. Oh, yeah. There was only like one person who got in or two. That was it. And it's very competitive. It's like one of the top in our entire nation. So how did you learn about this? Did Was it a teacher, like a very kind teacher who noticed that you're so talented while you were in high school in Indonesia that was like, you know what, Juliet, you need to apply and try to get into Rhode Island School of Design? Or did you do research yourself? Like, how did that come about? I think it was a little bit of both, actually. I had a really amazing teacher uh, in high school. She helped me a lot preparing for a portfolio. And she also helped me researching. But I think it was also something I, ha I had to do because I cannot rely on the teacher, right? Yeah. And I think at first I applied to every school I can. Like I applied to schools in the UK and in the US, mm. I think like five or six from each country. Mm -hmm. And when I was applying, I didn't really know where I wanted to go. But I was like, okay, let me decide when I actually get in. <laughs> and at the end of 
last year in high school, I learned that I kind of wanted to do graphic design. And I did a research on the major, like which school has good curriculum and like program for graphic design major. And I learned that RISD actually has a very long history in this major and that they have a really good program. That's why I decided to go there when I got in. Was it three or four years in RISD? It's actually four years. I think I finished early, like a semester early. Oh, wow. Because I was kind of lucky. I finished the uh, credits faster. My girlfriend's brother, he knew I was trying to find a designer for 88 Cups of Tea. And he is the one who did research and showed me links on Behance. For listeners listening in, Behance is a website where artists can display their portfolios. For listeners who understand what LinkedIn is, it's almost like a LinkedIn before artists. Like that's how I see it as like the consumer side. My girlfriend's brother, Charles, he went to the school in Pasadena. Are you familiar with the Pasadena Art Center? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he went there. So he also has a degree. He just graduated and he's now in Cranbrook Academy of the Arts. He graduated with a graphic design degree. So he is very selective and he's really good about spotting like who is good, who's a great talent. So he sent me the Behance link of the schools to show me like the different portfolios to look through different designers' works. I didn't see his other email where he sent me the link to your portfolio. I was like, I have a feeling you're really going to like her work. You guys would work well together because she has a natural instinct that she understands your style. Coincidentally, when I clicked on the school portfolio, not knowing he already recommended your link, I pulled up all these different photos that I loved. And then I was like, okay, now let me look who these designers are. I'll reach out to them. And then when I looked, I'm like, wait, they're all by Juliet Kim? What? It's so crazy. Like, I was so excited to tell Charles. So I realized then he also recommended you. So he knows my style very well. He knows my personality. So he was spot on. So we were both talking and got so excited about how talented you are because you're so great with different styles. He taught me a lot during this process, like working with you, Juliet. He was like, you know, you have to understand artists, a lot of times like graphic designers, they're very good at one direction. You're able to dive into like tangible, like hand cut designs and another one like watercolor. And then another one that's like more, oh gosh, I don't know the vocabulary, the right words to use it. So I don't want to mess it up. But so he said, it's really difficult to find artists and for artists to be so multi-directional. And that's what you are, which is really impressive. So circling back to art school, when you got into Rhode Island School of Design, when you started studying, was that natural instincts or was it taught to you by your teachers at Rhode Island School of Design? Well, first of all, I really want to thank him and thank him for recommending me to you. Oh, <laughs> I'm really glad. And oh, actually, I want to say that I also thank RISD for creating this platform Actually, I, a lot of my projects I got were from redirected from this RISD portfolios. And I think it's really incredible that they provide this kind of services for students. Yeah, It's where I looked at before applying there for college. Oh. I looked onto their portfolio website to see what kind of work students there produce. So it's really incredible. So smart. And I think... To be honest, when I was in school, I struggled a lot because of this different styles I have. Because in high school, I wanted to become an artist, like a painter. 
rather than designer. So first year at RISD, we do like everything. We paint, we draw, we design, and we even make woodwork and like, 3D stuff. I don't know if they changed the curriculum of it now, but that's what I did there. And in second year, we get to choose our major. And I chose graphic design, of course, but even at that time, I didn't really have an idea what graphic design was. I was just thinking that it's something like illustrating on computer or making like graphics. I didn't really know. So what I really liked about the program was that they don't really limit you. They don't tell you what to do. They just give you like a topic or subject and you can do whatever you want. You can make videos, you can make illustrations, you can make a book. It doesn't really matter. I think it's encouraging people to explore a lot of different mediums and actually find out what they're good at and before actually focusing on something. And that's what I really appreciate about the program there. But at that time still, I thought I had to choose certain style because I see that a lot on portfolios or from other professionals. They have a certain style. Mm-hmm. So I, I was thinking, oh, I have to do that too. But I learned that I don't. And actually, I really enjoy doing like different style for different projects. I was going to say that to me from the other side, right, from the client side, was what I saw as your greatest strength. And how about like the workload? Because I know Charles, when he was telling me, because I've been dating his sister for, we're coming on five years in October, this October. But that time was like, when I first met him, was when he was first already like thinking about going into graphic design school in Pasadena, catching up with him over the years. Oh my gosh, the work, oh The workload sounded crazy, honestly. (laughs) I just thought that they did not have any chance to rest, no chance to sleep, no chance to eat. Like, how was that like for you? Yeah, it's it's like that. (laughs) Oh my Um, gosh. I think all the art schools are the same. But I think it's something I learned in first year. Like first year was the the craziest. Like we have class from eight to like six, I think. If it's a drawing class, we draw like whole time, except for that one hour lunch and like one hour break or 10 minute break. I think it's like really, really tiring and difficult and challenging. Yeah, it was a lot of learning and unlearning process. But I think because of that, I get to learn more. And I think because of the difficulty and challenges, I felt closer to other friends a lot more quickly. I think after you choose your major, it kind of gets better because your focus become narrower and you're actually getting better at things you do. The difficult part of the first year was that you were actually doing other things like you're not really good at or interested in. I don't like doing 3D projects. <laughs> I'm not a 3D person and I had to make a wooden chair in one semester and like that was really bad. <laughs> Julia, you're so funny. Oh my gosh. So (laughs) would you say that that was probably the most challenging thing that you had to deal with in all of your four years at RISD? Or I could say three and a half years because I know that you graduated early. Yeah, because I needed to find the focus. Okay, so there's something that we like to say at at RISD. It's like first year is like physically challenging, but like second, third, fourth year is more mentally challenging. 
I'm not surprised if there are breakdowns and people like crying because it's so stressful and there's just so much weight on you to have certain things done by a certain time. And some people fear maybe they can't graduate on time. So what was the biggest, most difficult challenge, even if it made you cry? Like, tell us about it. I think it's like the uncertainty and Mm. like, you don't know what you're going to do. And there's like some other students who are already hired and that kind of like peer pressure too. I think that was really difficult. And I was someone who didn't really care because I was going to come back to Korea. Mm. But I saw other friends who were really like struggling because of that. They felt really bad about themselves and they were constantly comparing themselves to other people. And I felt really bad looking at my friends going through that. But I think personally, I was more positive because (laughs) I knew I was going to start something new back in my home country. This is actually perfect to segue into your studio because you said that you knew you were looking forward and excited to this new beginning in Korea, like having your own studio. Like earlier in our conversation, you were mentioning usually parents are not that encouraging and they'll be like, why are you starting your own studio right away, right out of gra- like right out of school? Why don't you work for another company so it's more stability, more practice, more more stable income, right? So I can see mm-hmm. both sides, right? So for you, when did you know that you're like, you know what? Once I graduate, I'm going to start my own studio. When was that? And what inspired you to have the bravery and the courage to just jump right in? I think it was actually right after I graduated and when I started to look for jobs. So I've been actually working as a graphic designer for about five years now. And I actually started freelancing in my sophomore year at RISD. Wow. Girl, you are so talented. Oh my gosh. Thank you. (laughs) I think I was lucky too, because I had this personal blog. I was like writing and uploading my work on like a personal site in Korea and people saw it and they were commissioning me at that time. And so it kind of naturally happened. And I was already making money as a student doing this kind of side jobs. When I came back to Korea, I started to look for jobs, but I just had this feeling that I should do something on my own. And I did actually did two internships but I felt that I work better when I'm actually making the creative decisions mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and not like having to get like get them confirmed by someone else, like my boss or someone like that. Julia, this is amazing because I love this because also I think it's saying so much to our community of listeners, to our community at 88 Cups of Tea, where it's like, you see something, you go for it. If something's mm-hmm. not working, you create that door to opportunity for yourself. And that's what you did. Mm-hmm. And I think especially nowadays when we're in a climate now where women are now in positions where we can keep pushing, there's still a lot of work to be done, but more collectively women coming together, banding together and pushing forward and breaking through the glass ceiling to create power player positions is so important. And I think you are one of the women young women doing that right now is that you are forging ahead, created your own studio, did your own thing, trusted your gut. And if you had an, like, you know, before when you're like, eh, I'm not a fan of working for somebody else. You just went ahead and created your own studio so that I, I commend you for that. I would love for us to go into the process of starting that studio. How was that like? 
Was it something that you had help with? Like, this is something we talk about in the community is like, lean on your people. Like, it's important to know Mm -hmm. that you can ask for help and to not be afraid, to not shy away from that because that was my problem for years. And I wish I learned this sooner because when I was younger, I was stubborn. I didn't want to ask for help because my dad, being the traditional father from traditional Taiwanese upbringing, was like, don't ask for help. You do it yourself. So for me, even when I'm needing, it's very obvious I need some help. I don't ask for help. I'm going to tie it back to the the design for 88 Cups of Tea's logo, right? Mm-hmm. So I, in the beginning, was like stubborn, but also because I was like saving money. We didn't have the funds for 88 Cups of Tea just yet, right? To throw into something, like um, to do a whole investment of the branding. So I just like got my friend to help me take a photo, which is good. Like it also shows like, you know, don't let anything stop you. Just keep going. But also like this time around, when I felt more ready to invest back into 88 Cups of Tea and to redo the logo, you know, I was talking about it with my girlfriend. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to look for designers on my own because I didn't know where to find like legitimate designers. I just found some on the Facebook groups and, you know, like those entrepreneurial sites. And my girlfriend was like, um, that doesn't look too professional. Can you please just ask my brother for help? And maybe he has <laughs> recommendations because he actually went to art school and he's you know, he knows what he's doing. And I was stubborn. I was like, no, no, no. I don't want to bother your brother because he's busy with school. He's like got a lot of deadlines. Why am I going to go bother him? I could do it myself. You see, like Mm -hmm. that also hurts you. So then for me in the end, finally, thank God, because my girlfriend kept pushing me like, just reach out to my brother or I will. And I was like, don't (laughs) bother him. And then she reached out to him. And I'm so grateful. I'm grateful this time I actually leaned in for help because he was able to bring me to you. And now I'm so happy with what we have right now. And if I didn't lean in to accept help, I wouldn't be here right now. Mm -hmm. So for you, when you're creating your studio, were there moments where you leaned in for help from your trusted loved ones, your friends? I think I have a lot of good friends around me. Like my best friend, Sissy, I met her in the first year of college. And she's the person who always, whenever I have problem, a creative problem or mental problem, she always encourages me. And one time she told me, oh, I was definitely struggling in the first year of studio, Some still sometimes running the business on my own. She told me that Oh, you're doing something that I would love to do in 10 years or something like that. Mm. And she was saying, everyone want to do something you're doing. So like, keep going. Like, don't worry. You're going to be okay. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And people like her and my boyfriend also, he always helps me. My my parents don't know that I have a boyfriend. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. I see. That's what you meant earlier when you're like, your dad is supportive, but only with arts. I get it. Yeah, I get it now. Okay, understood, understood. It's okay because they don't understand. Yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah, and like my sister also, she was the one who pushed me to start the business and the person who actually asked me to run the blog and also like start uploading my work on Behance. (gasps) Wait, your sister was the one who encouraged you and pushed you to do that? Yeah, I really thank her for that because I think without her, I wouldn't be here even. I wouldn't even be doing what I'm doing now. Wow. You are so blessed to have such a loving sister. And 
your best friend and your boyfriend in your corner to do this. So like with them by your side, basically emotionally being there for you and being by your side Mm -hmm. to be your cheerleaders, right? Because I think that's so important. Oh my gosh, it's so important. I feel Mm -hmm. really just in this writing world, just hearing from our listeners, it's like a huge difference between whether or not the person will believe in themselves to do what they want to do or they'll just give up. And it really, so many thanks to those people around them. It's whether they, they're they surrounded by people who lift them up, make themselves have the confidence to really charge forward in their dreams, whether mm-hmm. it's you opening your studio or the writers really diving in and writing their manuscript, writing their work. I mean, congratulations on your studio. You're killing it. I know we only just met through this project, but I feel so proud of you. You're always constantly putting out new work. How are clients finding you right now? I think they see my work on all these different places. When I started the studio, it was mostly from the Risty portfolios and also from Behance. But now I'm kind of updating like a lot more frequently on Instagram, benefiting a lot from Instagram. Now I get like twice or three times more project inquiries for through Instagram. And it's really amazing. Oh my gosh. Congratulations, Julia. I'm so excited for you. (laughs) Oh, thank thank you. But uh, yeah, I don't get all of them, but yeah. (laughs) No, that's amazing. The fact that people are seeing your work and it's so strong to the point where it catches people's attention to reach out to you, to talk to you about your work and to ask more and inquire. That's a big deal. At the end of the day, it's just seeing, okay, do the styles match or not? But the fact is you caught their attention because your work is already so good. So that is incredible. (laughs) And now I would love to now talk about our process together (laughs) and just talking about like from your point of view. And I would love to also talk, like share and like just have like a fun conversation about just us together and like how... Maybe from your point of view, like, you know, when you first met me or like when you first heard from me, what was that like? When I first talked to you, I quickly felt the positivity from you (laughs) and I felt very inspired by the way you described the community and the, the love and the passion you had for this project. And that's what really drew me to work together. And also because I've never worked on a podcast project before, that was also something that really interested me because most of the project I get are for single product or like a single company, like a company that sells something. Mm. What was very interesting about this project was that uh, we were creating personality together for a community. Yes. That was really different and fun for me. Yes. I love that so much. Okay. So this is why I think I'm really so thrilled we're doing this podcast episode together because I was holding off explaining to the rest of the community about the new look, the new brand identity, because I was waiting for this episode so they could hear directly from you. How did you understand 88 Cups of Tea as a brand? It was a rebranding project. So you had something before that was different from most of my other work where I'm designing something new, like something from scratch, and they don't have a established personality. And so for this project, It was actually a really good example of a project where I collaborated with the partner, the client, and you, you, like really well, because we were communicating back and forth a lot through emails. Yeah, I wanted to communicate with you a lot before jumping onto the design, because my process is that 
actually making something visual, it doesn't take that long. The thinking process that takes like 90% of the design process because we wanted to communicate the personality, the positivity of the community. So one of the first steps we took was discussing what didn't work for the previous design, even though it was like beautiful as well. It's okay, Juliet, don't worry. It actually was not that pretty. <laughs> You're so oh, polite. Okay. You're so sweet. <laughs> that was one of the projects where I was like, you know, in a rush. And I was like, okay, let's just like find someone online and just do it. <laughs> but that's why I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful leaning in to get help from Charles and my girlfriend to then find you. It was just night and day. Oh my God. So Juliet, you're so kind. Don't worry. It was not that cute. <laughs> I think the colors were still okay. Like I think we translated it into mm-hmm. the new look. But I remember that the logo needed to work better, more like versatile forms, because it didn't work without the colors, the previous design. So one of the challenges I wanted to tackle First was that the logo needed to be memorable and identifiable without the color. So in both colors and black and white. I remember we we did a lot of sketches and many, many directions before getting to this final design. At first, I gave you direction for like focusing on the 88 cups of tea part. And we were like, oh, maybe not the number. Like, let's focus on the cups of tea part. I remember. Mm Mm-hmm. Even the colors, uh, when we were choosing the colors, I wanted to express the personality of the community because when I listened to the podcast, it was actually helpful that you have this kind of resources available because some brands don't have anything, right? They just Mm -hmm. have like product images and it's really difficult to get personality from that because of this. I I could listen to the podcast episodes. Mm -hmm. I could understand the personality better. And I think that definitely helped. And especially what I felt from listening to the podcast episodes was that the community is very positive and encouraging, but it's not always just soft. Some of the episodes were really powerful and strong for me. So I wanted to express that in through color. And that's why I think the colors of 88 Cups of Tea, they are really bright and positive, but it's not just like soft there's like colors that pop yes I think yeah so I think it's a lot of thinking process that goes into the creative decision we made and I'm really happy that you liked the direction I gave you and I also like the feedback you gave me and I think that's what led to like a really good result. I loved it so much. And I think this is something that I also want to touch on where there are quite a few listeners I think that don't know yet, but the direction that we ended up going with was what everybody sees right now. So listeners listening in, when you're looking at your podcast player platform right now, let's say you're listening on iTunes podcast, Apple or Stitcher, Spotify, you see the logo now and it's the beautiful, colorful 88 cups of tea, new brand. That's the new logo. So Juliet, do you mind sharing the thought process behind the E and why you made it longer like a long E, and also why you specifically placed it under the letters UP. It was like one of the ideas that came to my mind while I was researching and listening to the episodes. So I was in search for a mark that would be memorable and different. Can you explain to listeners what a mark means? It's like a symbol that you can identify a brand. 
Okay, great. So just super clean symbol. It's almost like the M for McDonald's, right? Yeah, and like Nike symbol, like swish. That's so helpful. Thank you so much. All right, so now you are thinking about a mark for 88 cups of tea. And I wanted it to be very subtle, but like clever. And I know you mentioned that you wanted something like that in the initial notes. Yeah. Uh, You didn't want it to be like very like on the nose. Yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, I was like sketching, sketching, and I felt, I I noticed that the E, E part looks like stacked books. And I, I just made like sketches. It was really perfect because it was right, when I make them like in two lines, like 88 cups and off T on the bottom, it made it look like the books were right below the UP, which is like up, like positivity. <laughs> yeah, and that those kind of like subtle details what was fun for me. And I remember when I gave the initial sketch to you, you were like, oh, let's change the like the design of the E so it looks more obvious that it's like stacked books. And I think it's working well now. I think the first like ones were like not as obvious. I love this version. Like you said perfectly, it's subtle, but it's it's also like a subliminal message, like a subconscious message. Now, especially when people do know the E is a representation of stacked books, you even tweaked the E on the side, the left side of the E, so that it's more rounded. So it looks like a rounded book spine. So that really was like representative of the books. And I, I again, loved what you said that you really made sure to accentuate it, elongate it. So it's perfectly fitting under the word UP to highlight the positivity of what the word up entails, like up overall, like UP together just symbolizes something that was bright, positive, cheery, uplifting. I know that we worked pretty closely about why our listeners come to 88 Cups of Tea, what 88 Cups of Tea means to them. And I remember we were listing out and talking about how there were like specific words that listeners have either messaged me or sent emails over or mentioned on social media where they see 88 Cups of Tea like a lighthouse for them when they're feeling lost, uh, when they're feeling very alone and they feel very much at home at 88 Cups of Tea. They know that they can rely on 88 Cups of Tea to bring positivity into their days, into their journeys, and also being there as endless encouragement and support. That's like, those were the main words. And I think that you did such an amazing job making sure to zone in on those little finessed details of underlining like even the UP with the E, the stacked books to represent our community who are storytellers. You know, at first I was like wondering like, okay, will, you know, books, does that mean it's only authors? Because we've had actors on the show, we've had directors, we've had TV writers, TV producers, filmmakers, and that's just part of my background as an actor. I work with these kinds of people and I love talking to these kinds of people. And at first I was like thinking, okay, well, honestly, I'm like, oh, will that then mean that I need to not interview TV directors and actors anymore. You know what I mean? Because books are very specifically authors. And when I talked to Charles Mm -hmm. about this throughout the process, and he was so lovely, he was so helpful. He was like helping me translate some art like definitions and jargon and and like guiding me in how to also like email and chat with you too. So it's easier to communicate and understand through the jargon, right? Through the specific words that artists use. I remember he was like, no, it's great because guess what? Everyone 
in that world needs to read at one point or another. You know, let's say you're a director, you're reading the script, you're an actor, you're reading scripts, you're a filmmaker, you're also reading books and scripts. Like it's all interchangeable and it ties in. It's just a really great common ground for anyone in the world of wanting to tell stories. So that's what the books to me after that, hearing that is like, oh my gosh, it means so much to me, especially now knowing like, yes, it does represent all storytellers and it's very inclusive of everybody in that way and I love that I love that because it's also so like you said it's not on the nose it's just so subliminal that like you know if you explain it now people are like oh my gosh I see it that's so awesome you know what I mean it's so I love that mm-hmm. and also the colors oh gosh you're so freaking talented at choosing the colors to match and like to pair it's insane to me it blows my mind when the came to color choices Was this something that was more natural and instinctual? Like it was all intuition that made you go for these colors? Or did you do a little bit more research? Can you share a little bit about that process? Because everybody is obsessed with the new colors. Like they love it. Oh, okay. (laughs) So choosing colors is my favorite part of the process, whole process. It's like partly intuitive. Um, I don't know if it sounds weird, but when I talk to partners or clients, I have like colors in my head. I kind of get this color ideas. So a lot of them actually stay like the way I first just envisioned them. And also for this project, I remember you wanted something that's really uplifting. So I tried to think of colors that are more like a bright yellow that I really love. Yes, I love that bright yellow because it's also very warm. I love that yellow. Mm -hmm. I think it's very... Yeah, intuitive process. Do you also remember that Taylor Swift video? Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. So I got to explain to the listeners. So listeners, we were, when we were in the process of doing this, I remember like coming across Taylor Swift's music performance at one of the music awards. Oh gosh, I can't remember which music awards, but she was performing with Brandon Urie. I think maybe it might be called Me, M-E. She did such an adorable performance on the stage and she and Brandon Yuri, the singer, were on stage rocking it out. It starts already so colorful and so happy, right? But it just builds up throughout the entire performance and at the end, it was like crazy. Like there were like people flying and floating with colorful umbrellas, confetti. And I was like, yes, yes, this is what 88 Cups of Tea is. Oh my God, like it was so funny. So then sharing that with you, It was so interesting because I just felt like artistry, you can consume in any form and then you can interpret it through your own way. But it's always so helpful to have more material to have a look at. I don't know if that was helpful at all, but I just thought, hey, you never know. Let me just send it to Juliet. Let her see like how I feel what 88 Cups of Tea is for our community, or at least what I hope 88 Cups of Tea continues to be and aims to be for them. Just like if you're having a bad day, you know, you can kind of come to us and you're going to have a good time. It's going to be fun. It's going to be playful, but you also walk away feeling happier, warmer, less alone. Like you walk away having a smile on your face, which is what I hope people get from 88 Cups of Tea. It's very intentional and also want to show that, yes, we're playful, we're fun, but we're also informative. We're also educational. And I think you did such an amazing job with your color choices, capturing that happiness, the whimsy, the cheer, the joy, but also wrapping it up where it still shows 
we are here to also provide as much helpful information and resources for our community. We try to do that as much as possible. I need to ask you about, you know, the cups, the stacked cups. For all of you listening in, we actually have not shown the full stacked cups yet. We've been slowly integrating and pushing out the new brand identity that Juliet created for us. And what she was telling us and teaching us is that, you know, she created this gorgeous visual illustration of stacked cups. So these, uh, Juliet, you were explaining, they're called elements, right? Mm-hmm. These elements could be taken apart and created into patterns, which is what we've been using that Juliet has created for us. So we've been using these patterns from you taking apart these elements that make that stacked cups. So for that specific visual, that illustration, were you sketching and it, it almost looked like it was, you were hand cutting it. Am I correct? I actually drew them with like a thick paint brush that's like a square shaped Wow. Yeah. And I really liked something you said just now, uh, where you said you wanted people who's listening to this community to have smile on their face. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what we were going for. Yes. When designing this element where it's like hand drawn, it's more like a personal, where the logo is more professional and this illustration will be more like a friendly, personal. Like approachable, like welcoming. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's also not just cups. It's like smiley mouth. Yes. That was something that I really loved while working on this. And because of the illustrative background I have, like how I wanted to become a painter and an illustrator before, I really like to incorporate this skill of mine into projects whenever possible. And this project was perfect for that. And I'm I'm happy that you like it. And I'm happy that I like it. Yeah. Not even like it, Julia. I freaking love it. I remember telling you like so many times via email, like I'm obsessed with the cups and like the illustration. And that was like probably one of my favorite parts of the brand identity, just because it's so heartfelt, I could say. And it's just crazy to hear your process of how you illustrated that. That's so beautiful. It's hand painted. It's hand illustrated. For me, it means a lot because 88 Cups of Tea was started from nothing. It was started from scratch. Like it was an idea and then just pulled out of air. You just throw in commitment and dedication and that's what you get. The stacked cups, not only does it represent like, you know, of course the cups, the visual, that's the obvious, right? But then also the subliminal smiley face image, which I freaking love. But also to me, it holds a special place in my heart because it represents the founding history of 88 Cups of Tea, which is very hand-built. I'm obsessed with it. I love it so, so much. So I would love to also ask you, what are you hoping that people who come across the new 88 Cups of Tea brand identity with the new logo, with the new visuals, the patterns, what do you hope they get from it? I hope they feel inspired (laughs) and I hope they feel proud to be part of this community. Oh, Julia, you're so sweet. This was months in the making. I think we started talking around March, April. Yeah. And then it was completed in August. So Mm -hmm. like this was labor of love. Yeah. And like we were communicating back and forth, like calling and emailing. Yes. I love that so much. I had the best time working with you, seriously, Julia. It's been 
so wonderful. And thank you so much for all of your work, for all of your heart, for just being you and just a joy to work with. And it was an honor to work with you. And I'm so grateful that you are a part of the 88 Cups of Tea family in helping us rebrand our entire new look, giving us a new system to work with. And this is exciting. Like there's lots of new things to implement it with. We're working on a brand new website and we're going to be implementing your designs. I hope I will give the designer the right direction, but I'm going to do my best to really highlight and to show off the new design that you gave us and implement it into the website. So that should be done early to mid-November. Mm-hmm. I would say about the second week of November around that time. So I'm really excited for that. And now we can build something, a brand new website that I've been wanting to do for so long because of your beautiful new identity that you created for us. So now we're actually able to go forth with a new design. I'm really excited to see how the new logo and everything gonna look on the merch as well like later that would be really fun i'm so excited too why don't you let us know what you're excited about right now so next year i'm planning to start my own like a shop like a design shop oh my gosh as a side i'm planning to move my office to like a bigger office and (gasps) i'm really excited for that yeah and i'm also really honored to be here today and I'm really happy that you invited me to talk on the project. Oh, Juliet. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Juliet. You're amazing. Please let everyone know where they can find you on Instagram, on the internet. So my Instagram, that studio Instagram is studio.juliet and my personal Instagram is just at Juliet Kim and my website is julie-at.com. But you can just go onto any of them and you can find the links. And that wraps up my conversation with Juliet Kim. Juliet, thank you so much for your time and for giving us a peek into your creative process and what the process was like creating our brand identity. I am so proud of our new look and it's all thanks to your hard work. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Storytellers, thank you for hanging out and listening in as always. Please be sure to stop by and say hi to Juliet on Instagram at studio.juliet. To find all the resources and books mentioned in her episode, along with tweetable quotes and the timestamps of highlights throughout our entire conversation, head on over to Juliet's show notes page at 88cupsofteacom slash podcast slash Juliet Kim. Have a super productive week and I'll catch you not next Thursday, but the one after that.